discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back the Tank. We have a special show planned today for everybody. Hello, David. Hello, everyone. All right, so Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures was announced just last week, Dave, right when we were done recording our regular show for the week, and I groaned and sighed and said, fuck, why couldn't this information come out just a few minutes sooner? So because we missed it, and we've already put out our regular show for the week. We figured we would just do a a standalone discussion on on this topic and what it means for Star Wars, what it means for Lucasfilm, what it means for the future of Disney and their plans for the franchise. Well, the, dude, this is actually a really as funny as it sounds. Everyone's been pointing out, oh, it's just a, a, a it's for Star Wars kids. It's basically and, kids. And but. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And honestly, this has really big ramifications. And it, not ramifications, but basically big. I think you're just making up things right now, Dave. Yeah, I'm trying to think <laughs> of words. <laughs> but it has big ideas behind it. All right. Yeah. So it's a very ambitious project. So this was pitched via the press release from StarWars.com as experiencing the stories of your favorite Star Wars heroes and villains in an entirely new way with Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures, a series of animated shorts celebrating a galaxy far, far away. Now, this will certainly be remembered, David, as a new renaissance for Star Wars fans, young and old. And I'm talking about not just Star Wars Galaxies, but Star Wars as a whole, with films, newly announced live-action TV shows, comics, animated shows, and more, there is just a plethora of Star Wars content for even the most gluttonous of fans. And I would think, I would not think, I know, we are definitely those gluttonous fans. We're the type of fans that want more and more, and we're very rarely satisfied. Not in terms of content, because when we get the content, we love it. But we immediately want more, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the beautiful thing about being a Star Wars fan. Is right like- now, this era. This era, we've gotten so much. It would arguably be the most we've ever gotten as a Star Wars fan since the late 80s. Uh, You know what? I would agree. Because in the 80s, you had various cartoons. You had the droids cartoon. You had the Ewok specials. uh, You had a few other. I I, I want to call it was detours. I want to say it was called. I can't remember the exact uh, concept of the show, but it was a cartoon that used. In fact, uh, Star Wars: Last Jedi did a a uh, an homage to it with the iron scene where they were ironing the uniforms of the First Order officers. Yes, it, that was a, a homage to 
I, I want to say, was it detours where they were flying in like toasters and, and hardware wars? I think it was hardware. Oh, wars. is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. So there was a lot of things in the eighties that Lucas was also doing when the series was, was new and fresh. Um, and this is a strategy that Lucas used. And it's a strategy now that Disney and Lucasfilm are also using. And it's very, it, it's quite simple, Dave saturate the market. And, and there's sometimes, People misconstrue saturate with over saturation yeah. and they want to say that's negative and it has negative connotations connected to it. But that's not true. The goal is to saturate the market and provide content for various demographics in a way that Lucas himself was never able to do in the way that Disney can do because of that infrastructure, the money that they have, the very deep pockets. And by doing this. Disney is able to secure a loyal fan base for decades, maybe even centuries to come. Yes. Now, Lucasfilm announced their plans to do to debut an all new site, StarWarsKids.com, specifically for kids, along with a Star Wars Kids YouTube channel, which will be launching on November 30th, which was just a few short days ago. Now, with this debut, Dave will be a series of shorts titled Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures, which is geared to introduce classic characters and timeless themes to new fans. According to the official press release, the first six shorts combine original dialogue, music, and sound effects with bold new animations and fun educational add-ons designed to help older fans, parents, and other mentors who welcome kids in their lives to explore the galaxy far, far away. Yep. I feel like it's a brilliant plan. It is a brilliant plan. And I think it's executed magnificently with these, with these shorts, because like whenever I see young kids being told about star Wars, it's one of those things that's really nice watching a parent telling their child what star Wars is without actually sitting them down and, Telling him the, uh, letting him see the store, uh, see the movie for like sixty minutes, trying to summarize what Star Wars is, right, and what all the all the plot points and all the mythos and the the lessons that you learn out of Star Wars, and trying to summarize that to a kid, it's harder than it sounds. You're absolutely right, and these are great ways to, I, I guess, platform. And springboard, I should say, young adolescents into the world of Star Wars in a way that can grab their attention. Uh, personally, as a child, I was groomed to love movies, so I never had a problem sitting down and, and watching a film. But there's a lot of kids nowadays that are um, they lack the attention and sometimes they need lots of bright colors and and loud sounds to keep them fully invested. And Star Wars isn't. Yes, they're big movies but there also are some some points where things slow down and that's where you may may lose kids so these are going to be a great way to to um to get kids invested yeah into star wars now according to the press release with galaxy of adventures uh the creator said that he wanted to craft something that allowed parents to help their kids take their first step into a much larger world, whether they were ready to show their kids the films or wanted to find new ways to explore the content. Accor uh, this, according to James Wan, 
uh, Lucasfilm's vice president for franchise content and strategy tells StarWars.com. Now, the dynamic animated adventures are only part of a multi-pronged initiative under the Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures banner and the beginning of a year-long celebration of Star Wars telling that will culminate with the final chapter in the Skywalker saga, Star Wars Episode Nine, that comes out next year in December. Yep. So they have a plan. Additional shorts will be planned throughout 2019. Now, the first release of episodes, as mentioned, were released on November 30th. It consisted of six episodes, and they were fantastic. Dude, I did. I, I had little expectation for these because I thought they were just going to be like, oh, they're going to just rehash uh, scenes in animated form. You got much they more expanded than on them. They expanded on them yeah. and they actually gave some substance to uh, to to it. I was really impressed with these shorts because yeah. they weren't just rehashing of like when they said that they were going to use original dialogue. Mm-hmm. I seriously thought, OK, they're just going to take the. The scene from, say, New Hope. Right. And just cut, paste, everything's the same, and they're going to use the Obi-Wan Kenobi dialogue. No, they actually went out of their way to try to actually give more emphasis to certain lines of dialogue that were used in the actual movies. Yeah, it's a great way to reframe some of our old favorites in a way that a kid can possibly connect to a little bit better and believe it or not there are studies out there that are done uh it's part of a business i'm sure disney has dumped in billions of dollars into market research to find out what exactly kids are into what will capture their attention what will help gear them and steer them into the direction they want these kids to go in and they're using that research to put together an an animated short that I believe does the trick. The moment these were announced, obviously this market research also is a for me as well, because the moment these were announced, I found myself completely head over heels in love with the style after watching. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the style of animation is really nice. It reminds me of the old clone wars. Yeah. My love was warranted too, because I was excited with the idea and the quick little, I want to say 45 second teaser we had, Yep, but I still wasn't quite sure what we were going to get. And first off, the 2D classic animation style. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that back. Because There's something it, about it. It's just, it's a lost art. It's a lost Everything art. is this 3D stuff. Ever since Toy Story and Pixar, you know, cornered that market, every cartoon now has gone in that direction. And to see that Disney has not forgotten their roots. Let's not, rem- let's not forget their roots, which made them who they are today which is the 2D classic animation style. So I'm glad they went with that. It looked a lot like Japanese animation. There are similarities with the stylized techniques that are utilized. It worked, loved it. Now, the first six episodes are as follows. In case anybody was wondering. All right, so the first six episodes, Luke Skywalker, The Journey Begins, Darth Vader, Power of the Dark Side, Luke versus the Wampa, Cavern Escape, RTD, R2-D2, a loyal droid, Chewbacca, the trusted co-pilot, and Darth Vader, might of the Empire. And you know what's really surprising? For me, one of the things that actually I really found interesting about the release of these shorts, 
This was geared just like what you said earlier. This was geared towards kids, right? But two of those shorts in there, the the dark, the power of the dark side and the might of the empire, right? I wouldn't actually think of actually telling kids about that. Side. Hey, watch Darth Vader watch- mow, mow people down with a lightsaber <laughs> Dude, and the- slice them in half. And slice them in half, and I'm like, going, <laughs> okay. And that gave me a lot of hope for this series, uh, for the for the series of shorts, because yeah. it was like, okay, you're not just gearing it to your, towards kids, you're gearing it towards everybody, right? And it also gave me hope that Disney isn't afraid to go there. I mean, obviously, we're never going to see gore, and I don't care to see gore in Star Wars. It, it, that does not matter to me. But mature themes and and real life scenarios in in framed within the the context of fiction. I want, and I know a lot of people are afraid that Disney will pull back, but Disney has never pulled back. If you look at a lot of their their content, um, a lot of their their classic cartoons, a lot of their movies, yeah, at face value, it's marketed towards kids, but at the heart, there's a story that's very relatable to many, many people, and that gives me hope for Star Wars as well. Yes, Star Wars isn't technically under the Disney banner, it's under you know, Lucasfilm, but Disney is the overlord and, and almighty God of the star Wars franchise at this point and moving into the cartoons specifically, since that's what we're talking about right now, that does have the Disney label on it. Yeah. So to see that they are willing to go that direction within reason makes me feel good. And I'm glad you brought that up because like, to me, this was right up Disney's alley because like this reminded me of like all I used to remember when I was a kid, you used to remember? I used to remember. You forgot? A little bit. My brain's not all there you, right you now. You say that a lot. <laughs> I used to remember. I used to remember. But I uh, I remember like cartoons back in the day when I was growing up about Disney and all their Disney shorts. This kind of actually was right up their alley doing a Disney short type of cartoon in the vein of Star Wars. And it worked. I mean, this is their method. This is what they did back in the day, back in the 1960s, 1970s. They do like little tiny one, two minute shorts of like Mickey Mouse. And yep, that's how Donald Mickey Mouse started. But I'd go farther back. It wasn't the 60s. It was, it was even, probably the 50s. It was farther back. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably in the 50s. No, you're right, Dave. This is exactly Disney. This is 100% Disney. Now, the biggest disappointment, and I don't want to say this is a negative. It's just my own disappointment. Is the running time. They clock in under 60 seconds. They marketed them as one minute, but they're about 45 seconds. 45 seconds. They're almost like vignettes. Uh, They're calling them shorts, but they're not really complete stories either. They feel a lot like. Except for maybe Luke versus the Wampa. They feel like teaser trailers for something bigger. And it's safe to say that's exactly what they are. These are teasers. If you remember what this show is about, teasers to get kids interested in the movies that are already out. Based on the press release, they are specifically designed to usher in a new generation of kids. These kids are the future of this franchise, and if they don't manage to rope them in now, it's going to be a rough battle in the future to keep Star Wars alive. Yes. They are trying to counteract the natural effect of an aging demo. Look at Star Trek. This is the perfect example, Dave, of a major franchise not keeping itself updated or relevant with the younger generation. And now they have been forced 
to rebuild. Disney will not allow this to happen to Star Wars. Yeah. And it's smart. So, yes, they're not full, complete stories. I would even call them short films. They're calling them short films and short episodes. I wouldn't even call them that. They feel more like vignettes, like trailers of something bigger. And that's designed. They're, they're specifically designed to do just that because we're seeing moments that are being reframed for kids from actual movies. And that's the whole point. All right. Hey, I really like what they did with Luke here. I'm going to go check out the movie now. I really want to check out this movie. So it's a, actually a smart strategy a smart marketing strategy. Not only does it give us content as Star Wars fans like you and I, Dave, who just we want to get our greedy hands on everything. Yeah. It's fun to watch these things uh, unfold for us old school fans. But also it's just it's dual purpose because it, it allows us to enjoy more Star Wars. And also it gives the, the new audiences something they can sink their teeth in and hopefully connect with. And and they become lifelong Star Wars fans like you and I. Now, let's discuss our favorite episodes and why, David. Um, do you want to start with this? What was your favorite episode out of the six? You can only pick one. Only one. Only one. And why? The one that I... Okay, it's a to, uh, it was a toss-up, but I will choose Chewbacca, the trusty co-pilot. Okay. My favorite. All right. Because, like, not only did that did that make me want to watch Empire Strikes Back again, but it also made me want to actually watch solo because you got to remember the whole point about the whole point about the short was to show Chewbacca as the co-pilot to Han Solo and show them as friends. How did they become? Fr- uh, and I thought to myself, if a child watches this, they're going to ask how did these two become friends. It's going to force them to go see solo, which is a fantastic idea because they should see solo <laughs> solo. I, I'm like going, that's what made this really important for me for one of the shorts because it's like, yeah, it's one of those things. I've always been a Han Solo and Chewbacca fan because it's it's a simple little buddy cop buddy story, and getting to actually see that them actually show that friendship in under forty five minutes perfectly was really impressive. Yeah, I agree. And um, also your academic side is also making you go in that direction, Dave, because I'm also leaning towards that one. However, after thinking about it, I'm going to go with episode three, Luke versus the Wampa Cavern Escape. And that's because and it was hard. It's a toss up between that one and the trusty co-pilot, the Chewbacca story, because I feel like these two episodes had an actual story arc which is amazing if you can do that in 45 seconds there was a problem that was presented then there was a solution then there was a resolve a resolve and i feel like the luke versus wampa had a complete mini three-act structure and i feel the same way about chewbacca the trusty co-pilot the other ones were amazing and the The animation is just fantastic I love the Darth Vader one. My second favorite one was that one, the power of the dark side. Right. And it's cool. It's fantastic to see Darth Vader animated in that way. And to see the power of the dark side (laughs) in a cartoon like that is just, just, it's something I didn't think I would ever see. It's just amazing. It it made, it made that scene in rogue one even more brutal. Do you realize that in the animation, (laughs) it looks more vicious. Yeah. Animated than it was in the movie when he's like throwing people in the corridor. 
or cleaving someone right above him. I'm like going, they did a really cool job. And that's why I said one of the things I was really surprised with was, would you show power of the dark side to a child? Why? You're going to give him nightmares that this guy's going to come around and cleave him in half. Yeah, I still remember when my son was two and he watched Return of the Jedi. He uh, did not like when the Gamorrean guard got eaten by the Rancor. He got upset. He got upset. So if he got upset about the Rancor squealing as he's being swallowed alive, I'm sure he might uh, might have had a problem seeing people get mowed down with a lightsaber. Down Who knows? lightsaber. So the reason why those two are my favorite, the Luke versus Wampa and Chewbacca, the co-pilot, because they felt more like what these were promoted as the short stories. The other ones, although amazing looking, just gorgeous, beautiful animation, they were moments and not actual stories. Yeah. And even some of them were narrated. So not only did you not have any actual problem presented, it was told to you. So that being said, that's how I'm grading these. And I feel weird grading these because I feel like all of them are exceptional. All of them are but really that's good. What it always comes down to for you and I, it comes down to the writing. It comes down to the writing and it comes down to the execution. Yeah. Now these did remind me of the star Wars clone wars micro series. Uh, that premiered in 2003 people may or may not remember these Dave no these are not the Dave Filoni produced Clone Wars TV series that aired in 2008 this was something different this is what kind of paved the way for that because these were so well received and they won numerous Emmys for the work that was done that it paved the way for the Clone War the Clone Wars movie that came out in 2008 and then the clone wars tv series that followed the star wars clone wars tv series that came out in 2003 was also an animated television series that are called a micro series and they also ranged between one and three minutes and episodes uh an episode and uh the first season one and two were about three to five minutes in length and the final season, season three, was a uh, twelve to fifteen minutes. Yep, I liked them. That's what it reminded me of. So for those people out there who don't feel like Disney is doing anything that George Lucas would have done, or it's very different, it's very much the same. It's very much the same. It's and- just more of it because Disney has the infrastructure. That's the only difference. But Lucas did the exact same things. He was very smart. Lucas created merchandising. He's the one who made it famous and made it a thing. Oh, a movie comes out. Plus, we need some merchandise. We need lunchboxes and T-shirts and toys and keychains. That was Star Wars that created that. Lucas invented that. Yeah. So this is all on par with 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 the marketing of Star Wars. The marketing of Star Wars, yeah. Now, Dave, don't expect these to be canon. They're not. <laughs> Obviously, once you see Luke bouncing around and whatnot, I, I, I think it speaks for itself. You realize that <laughs> this isn't canon, but that leads me to our next discussion. Does canon matter anymore? Should canon dictate stories at this point? Because some are pointing to the dozens of Marvel and DC animation films that fans completely adore. Many fans praise the DC animation more than the films themselves. Yeah. 
into the spot. And when it comes to Marvel into the spider verse is another example just premiered. It has a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes and brought in millions of millions of dollars. And this is a cartoon that's standalone. That's not a part of the Marvel cinematic universe. Yep. But my thought is this, because this was a big topic going around on, uh, going on, on social media and on Twitter specifically about Canon and how it just doesn't matter anymore. We should probably move past that and just focus on, on well-told stories. And they used, as I said, Marvel and DC as an example, but I completely disagree with this, Dave, and I'm interested to see what your thoughts on this in a moment. But how I feel is, This is a different beast. Star Wars is a completely different beast than Marvel and DC. Comic book readers and fans are accustomed to comic book publishers continually rebooting, retconning every few years. Oversaturation of canon compliant storylines end up hurting creativity. And that's why the comic book publishing companies continue to start over. Star Wars fans are not used to this. It is a fandom built on four decades of expanded universe material. That's why so many people were upset when Disney retconned. And I'm going to say needed to retcon because there's a lot. Yes. Our digestion, our digestion and appetites are used to something very, very different. We can move forward with Star Wars as well. So when you look at the whole concept of oversaturation of canon compliant storylines, and how they hurt creativity. That That's why Spider-Man constantly reboots. That's why the Batman and DC continue to reboot. But with Star Wars. We can move forward. We can move past Luke. Obi-Wan. Leia. And not worry about the oversaturation of their storylines. Because we can move past them. Sp- Star Wars is bigger than Luke Skywalker. The Spider-Man comic and Batman. Cannot. Peter Parker has to be a young man. You can't move forward because no one wants to see a 50-year-old Peter Parker. So what happens in seven years after doing numerous stories? Well, it's time to start over again. He's a kid again in high school. Yep. Same thing with Bruce Wayne. Sure, there's Batman Beyond, but for the most part, readers will always want to go back to the Bruce Wayne we know. And the same can be said about Peter Parker. Sure, there are breakout titles like two thousand, like Spider-Man 2099, and of course, Miles Morales' Spider-Man. But when it comes down to it, we want a young Peter Parker and a middle-aged Bruce Wayne. Yes. Star Wars is larger than Skywalker, and we've barely scratched the surface of canon possibilities. When you really think about it, Dave, we have not even close, we have not even become close to oversaturating even our immediate storylines. Well, because there Star is so, Wars, there's so much unsaid between yeah between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. There's so much unsaid between because of the retconning between New Hope and Empire and Empire and Return of the Jedi and Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. So oversaturation isn't even a thing for at least another 20 years. Yeah, because you're dealing with a galaxy. Right. And once it does become oversaturated, guess what, Dave? We can move in the past. Thousands of years into the past with the Sith Lord and Jedi War, we can move way into the future. We don't need to be beholden to one type of character. Yeah. Luke Skywalker isn't Peter Parker. We love Star Wars for all of it. The story of Star Wars doesn't solely rely 
on Luke Skywalker. Yes, the Skywalker storyline is amazing. The saga is fantastic. It's kept most of us connected to Star Wars in some way for the better part of 40 years. But moving forward, Star Wars, I feel, has life beyond that because of the books, because of the comics. These are things fans are already used to. Now, whether or not the mainstream will feel the same way, that remains to be seen. But we'll, we're going to find out real soon here. Oh, yeah. So knowing everything matters makes each story more exciting when it comes to Star Wars. If they started retconning things every seven years, I would completely lose interest in Star Wars, Dave. I would completely lose interest because that's what the comic books do. So you're comparing apples to oranges. They're completely different businesses, different concepts, different machines. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't room for things like Galaxy of Adventures and Tales from Vader's Castle or Lego Star Wars All-Stars. All-Stars. That are just, these are just fun moments. They don't need to be canon. George Lucas did similar things in the past where he expanded upon the canon-compliant stories, and it was just for fun and, of course, profit. But when it comes to long-format stories, the Clone Wars, Rebels, Resistance... Yes, canon for me, I feel absolutely matters. I I I had to think about it. I had to think about like what you're the the question you're posing is basically the importance of canon. Right, Dave. Should 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 Disney and Lucasfilm start putting out Marvel type cartoon feature films that have nothing to do with Star Wars canon? And my answer to that is, yeah, they should. You think we should start having movies, 60-minute movies, 90-minute movies that are serious in nature that have nothing to do with Star Wars canon? That's why I'm trying to figure out what what is the, what is the definition you, of Star Wars canon. D- David, what's the definition of canon, Dave? Are you yeah. just talking to talk again? No, 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 no. Because okay. I, I'm, actually, I'm actually thinking about this canon. Okay. Right? Everything's got to be canon, meaning... You can't suddenly. Because you can't decide to make a movie about Luke Skywalker that is not connected to the story of Star Wars. Okay. All right. So something like that, right? Right. Yeah. Well, what, you, what are you, you trying to that. say? What are you trying to say that could work? Something that's not canon. Like basically, you, uh, just like what you alluded to, you can do so many different stories that don't tie to Skywalker. Okay, tie don't. in, but it's still canon. It's still part of the expanded universe, yes, Dave. But it's still part of the expanded universe. Then in that case, it's not my- some alternate universe, uh, Elseworlds type story. Ah, okay. So then in that case, I'm with you then. Yeah, I mean, you, you can do, and I would like to see cartoons if they want to do this. If they want to do something like the Spider-Verse cartoon, right? Yeah. I mean, okay, George Lucas did that with the Clone Wars movie. Yeah. I don't mind seeing cartoon feature films, but it has to be a part of the bigger picture. Because not, it starts losing a sense of Star Wars at that point. It just becomes... A sci-fi. A sci-fi opera. Eh, okay. Yeah. All right, we have a new science fiction opera. Well, why is it Star Wars? Oh, because we put Star Wars on it, and it has the generally it has generally the same themes and and vibes. You you want to know? But it doesn't matter. Anything we do in this show in this movie here doesn't matter. I feel like that would be when, if they do that, that would be the moment when Lucasfilm and Disney start to dilute Star Wars. Yes, and that because it's it loses its soul. 
I know that's a, like a really no, I, term, that's good. No, I it, agree with that. It loses its soul when you actually change something like that. Yes, just and, like what you said. And also, interest, Dave. We have uh, we are accustomed to stories that matter, and I'm not talking about everything Skywalker. I'm talking about stories that matter that all revolve around each other. I'll tell you right now, if they start releasing Star Wars books that aren't canon, I won't read them. Because why? I read every Star Wars book, Dave, because I know that it matters to the ever-expanding world of Star Wars. That's the only reason why I read every comic book and every book. The moment they're not canon, I won't read them. I think that's what, uh, on a, uh, uh, I don't know if this is a side note or anything, but now that I think about it, that's one of the frustrating parts with Resistance. Resistance doesn't feel like a Star Wars film. It feels like it's not, they're trying too many different things. Right. In it, and it ceases being Star Wars. Well, this is a great discussion, Dave, because there was more dis- there was more debate that was also worded the way you just presented your argument on social media and some conversations I had with folks on Twitter and Facebook. And it was about Star Wars Resistance in particular being very different. Yeah. And I'm okay with different. I'm okay with different because now that we're getting, because we're in that renaissance, as I said, we're in a new renaissance for Star Wars. And I expect things to be different. Now, don't completely reinvent the wheel. Star Wars always needs to remain Star Wars. But when you're putting out new TV shows and new movies, you're going to have to find new creative avenues to take your show or other genres that will serve as vehicles to transport your narrative in a stylized fashion. So with resistance being different, because it absolutely is different. I would compare it to star Trek. Uh Uh-huh. Star Trek for years was just the enterprise. Then it became, (gasps) Something else. It became a space station. Deep Space Nine. Oh, this isn't Star Trek. People are afraid of change. I'm not afraid of change. You can still make something different and it still have the heart and soul soul. of Star Wars. So that's not an issue for me yet. Yet. Star Wars Resistance is very, very different. But that's to be expected in this new world of of Star Wars because we're in a new era with this new era of Star Wars because of the infrastructure that Disney has behind it and the ability they have to put out more content there are going to be things that just is not interesting to everybody there's there's not not ever just like every Marvel movie Dave yeah is not for everybody but maybe the next one will that's how Star Wars is going to be whether we want to accept it or not, that's exactly what Star Wars is going to be. You're going to have one movie where you're like, oh, it's not bad. It's just, all right. And I'm not talking about Last Jedi because Last Jedi just was not written good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Solo. Yeah. Where people are like, oh, well, the movie's pretty good. But I, don't, I didn't see it. I'm indifferent. Yeah, right. I'm indifferent. I, I didn't really see it. You're going to have that now. This is, this is where we're at. Just like millions and millions and millions of people will go see the next Avengers movie, but only a fraction will see the next Ant-Man film. That's just how it is. And that's how Star Wars will be eventually. Yeah, I think it is going that route, especially with 
if you take a look at it, like say they're doing the Mandalorian TV show, they're doing the Rogue One TV show, they're doing, you know, you have Resistance, you have the Clone Wars coming out, you have all these things coming out. It's it's going to be a lot for like a fan to take in, and people will just say, "Ah, eh, I don't want to, I don't have to see it. It's not my cup of tea." Yeah, and anything I just said, Dave, please don't take it as an excuse for bad writing. No, no, because no. you can Absolutely. be different. But you always Your need to... Your execution better be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Are you listening, Resistance? Resistance writers? And and that was the thing. That's why you posed a really, really great question because it's kind of like... Remember, ever since we started the show, we've been okay with them turning EU into Legends because they came out and said, hey, it's our Rolodex. We could go back to it. We could do a callback to it. But those old books don't count. Right. But that's the thing is I'm okay with them retconning that, Dave. Yeah. Because it needed to be retconned. It needed to be retconned. Because people don't want to see this because everybody wants to live in this euphoria of false nostalgia and this drug induced, you know, haze of false nostalgia. And Lucas retcon things. He didn't, he didn't make a press release and said, hey, guys, I'm going to be uh, retconning uh, this, this, and this. But the moment Phantom Menace came out, it screwed up dozens of books. Oh, heck yeah. And I don't want to live in a world where a book that's supposed to be canon messes up a book and and just feels inconsistent and insincere. So I had no problem when Disney came in and said, hey, we're going to retcon all of this because they needed room to breathe. And they needed to make sure the series was not inconsistent. The Star Wars franchise. Yeah. So, yes, it's quite a feat. We've had discussions with various writers uh, dealing with franchises that are not canon compliant with all of their tie in media, meaning comics and books. And if you remember the interview I'm talking about, Dave, he specifically said that um, it's a stress that us comic book writers and novelists don't want. We don't. I like writing things that aren't canon compliant. And I get why it's because it's fucking hard. So Disney did the non-easy. They took the non-easy path. They took the light side. Yeah. Dave. And I know we're getting off topic here, but overall, what I'm trying to say is that by retconning the past, they're able to maintain maintain consistency and give us canon compliant installments of Star Wars moving forward. And I feel like why retcon all of that when suddenly you're going to be like, man, let's just do a bunch of things that aren't really canon compliant. And I'm not talking about the little kid stuff. The little kid stuff is is just fine. Yeah, that's fine. I, I don't expect that stuff to be canon. But when it comes to those long form narratives, as I had mentioned, they need to remain canon. And same thing with the books and the comic books. Unless you're dealing again with the with Star Wars Adventures, which at works, which, which what, works with what they're trying to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Dave, any final thoughts on this overall topic, including Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures? Well, the fact that you just opened a door in my brain that now is actually spinning and basically trying to figure out. Okay, is canon the old adage is canon important? And now it's kind of like I'm torn in between about it because it's kind of like, yeah, I want to see brand new stories. I want to see them get creative. I want to see them do things. But if they do things way too far, then when does it cease being Star Wars? And just like we said, it's like 
we start looking at things and saying, looking at things and saying, oh, it, does, it just doesn't feel it. You don't feel it. It has nothing to do with, you know, the characters. It just doesn't feel like a Star Wars story. And I honestly, honestly think I'm, I'm with you. Is canon important? Absolutely now, because that's your basis of Star Wars. You, you rip, if you rip the soul of Star Wars out, it's not Star Wars. Yeah. And I feel like the only reason why they would decide to start doing things that aren't canon compliant is out of sheer greed. Because then they can say, Hey, we can do, we can do a hundred books without worrying about Hildalgo. Pablo Pablo Hildalgo mapping it out first within the Lucasfilm story group meetings. We can just start dishing out books all over the place. I'd rather know that there is creative control and oversight over every canon storyline and they they actually care because that shows that they are mindful that they're mindful of quality when you just decide to say everything nothing matters anymore of canon that's canon then suddenly it just feels like the floodgates are open to making more money and 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 that's when i would get mad at disney for for raping us all yeah because like it's great to be creative but let's face it there's only a few of us in this world that basically are super creative and those of us that think that we're creative aren't really that creative so you get like those just like what you said, if they open the floodgates, suddenly you start getting fan fiction out there that becomes canon, and it's like you want to rip your eyes out. <laughs> and the 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 importance of canon is the fact that it 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 does increase that quality control, and it makes you it makes those writers say, "Hey, you got to be on your A game for this. It's not just following the rules. You have to be on your A game and give us something quality that." is fair to this franchise absolutely i agree all right dave so this concludes our discussion on star wars galaxy adventures and the importance of canon thank you everybody for tuning in if you miss any part of this broadcast past or present you can always find us on stitcher itunes google play spotify just search star wars from the bat to tank thank you david and as always may the force be with us only if it's canon hello this is stormtrooper one and if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always head over to FromTheBackToTank.com and uh, listen to the show at your leisure. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Smart Radio, Stitcher.com, search BACTA, and that is to your favorites. Thank you. And uh, listen responsibly. And may the Force be with you. And long live. From the Bad to Take, and From the Bad to Take is executive produced by Michael Flores and Dustin Lucas, hosted by Michael Flores, David Zabal. You can find out more about our show by going to www.fromthebacktotake.com. You can also find us on Twitter at From Bad to Take, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash From the Bad to Take. <laughs>